Rodgers can't answer with the three. Westbrook splits the lane, scoops and scores. And the assault waves for the Thunder continue here in the fourth quarter. The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to another episode of the Bedlam Brother Podcast, or actually, excuse me, the CGA Tour. Uh, I think I started off wrong the first time here, but the second take's always a charm. So, the CGA Tour, I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander. I do the Bedlam Brother Podcast now on my own as well. But Connor, I was thinking about Bedlam Brother because you write for him. Jake, you're always down to tune in for a podcast, especially after the big trade news today of Chris Stapps Porzingis getting traded to the Dallas Mavericks for... Basically, three guys on the Mavs who I didn't think had much of a future with the Mavericks franchise anyways. So, maybe it was a good trade mutually, maybe not. Um, I've got my own thoughts and opinions as well. But, Connor, I'll toss it over to you first. What are your thoughts on the trade? Oh, man, I'm just blown away uh, what the Knicks uh, gave away, what Dallas gave up. Uh, what sticks out to me is... Uh, they seem to be riding on the wall for the Mavs to dump Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, I don't know how I, I don't know, I necessarily agree with that. I thought he needed more time to maybe develop with uh, Luka Doncic, but it looks like he's taking over the team as a facilitator and a scorer of the basketball, especially in late situations. Uh, perhaps the game in New York last night really just sealed the deal as uh, uh, Porzingis and Luka Doncic were uh, seen uh, just you know, high-fiving each other, smiling, and when they left, maybe they knew something was up uh, going forward. But for the Knicks, I'm just left scratching my head as to why they would give up Porzingis, Hardaway, and Lee and Burke, essentially, like, what seems like 60-70% of their offense outside of Emmanuel Moutier and occasionally when uh, Kevin Knox or Anis Cantor get the ball. So there seemed to be a clearing cap space for the pure cap space clearing or hope that a player such as maybe Durant Irving or Butler or one of the other many free agents like Kevin Walker are, are out there, to, uh, or even maybe Clay Thompson if he's not happy in Golden State. Uh, but for Dallas, I, I would say they won this trade. I'll see how it plays out. It could be mutual with how Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, ingratiates himself with the New York Knicks. Uh, DeAndre Jordan's going to do what he does. Average around 10 points, 10, 12 rebounds a game and dominate the paint. Wes Matthews. He's been a shell of himself since he uh, left Portland and ended up in Dallas. So we'll see if he can uh, pick it up from the outside and just get back to what he was doing best. Jake, uh, I know you and I talked a little bit earlier today about this, and we pretty much agreed with Connor from my understanding that the Mavericks kind of, kind of, I mean, robbed is a strong word, but this trade was lobsided. No, well, uh, no, you're right. You're responsible. Well, well, maybe too strong of a word just because. It's definitely a huge lopsided trade, is what I would say. Jake, what what are your thoughts now that we know that the, there's draft picks in it as well? I mean, with with the draft picks, I think on paper it uh, it looks better, but I don't know if it necessarily sounds better for the the players that they got because it's I, I don't know. It's like seemingly I. I have no idea what the hell the Knicks are doing. Still, <laughs> like I still, I still don't know 
like I just I just remember talking to you on the phone and I was just like, what are they doing? Like, <laughs> I I I can't wrap my head around. Like one of my buddies texted me and he's like, I'm done. He's like, I can't be a Knicks fan anymore because he's like, I just don't. There's no path to the team and James Dolan an idiot and no one wants to play for him. Mm-hmm. And because he goes and fights his old players. And so it's just like, I, I just like, I don't care. I think it's personally hilarious because sensitive little New Yorkers want to act all hard. And then oh, come on, man, New York fans are nothing if they're not loyal and very understanding and patient whenever things go wrong. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, they don't blow out anything at all in the New York Post daily or have the biggest yeah. media market yeah. in the entire world to really I, hype it up. I, I put it this way. So the Brooklyn Nets got completely finessed by the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the Brooklyn freaking Nets were able to recover. Yes. They had a terrible owner for a while there, too, if I don't remember correctly. Nobody yeah, it was, it was some it. Russian guy. You're right. Absolutely. Nobody wants to play for James Dolan. The owner of a franchise uh, has huge sway as to if players um, that are free agents want to attract it. Look at Donald Sterling with the Clippers and uh, the stuff that came out uh, for him, about him and how things just sort of translated. Or Phoenix, their owner's terrible. He's not provided them with any key uh, marquee uh, players or uh, developments with the team uh, whatsoever or engaged with the city, and people want him out of there. Uh, but he's probably not going to turn that down unless he gets a multi-billion dollar offer like Donald Sterling did. And James Dolan is uh, definitely part of the problem with, with the Knicks. David Fisdale, I feel so bad for him. He's a great coach, a great basketball mind, and doing everything he can, but he just does not get a lot to work with uh, given his situation. But I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit optimistic if they you know, can find the right pieces that will want to come play for Coach Fisdale and try to phase out uh, the, who the owner is, then things could probably translate differently for New York. But with the moves they're making, it's not looking uh, super great going forward. Yeah, I mean, my, my thing from this trade is that there has to be something else going on with Chris Stops that we don't know about, or there's something going on with the Knicks that we don't know about. I mean, it, it just seems such a lopsided trade from the sheer fact that, okay, and Jake, this is recapping our conversation earlier today, but, okay, Courtney Lee for Wesley Matthews, pretty much the same kind of player, except for Wesley Matthews tore his Achilles before, and then had a very bad, you know, time in Dallas production-wise, and was Kind of coming back, but not really. So, Courtney Lee's a valuable asset. Tim Hardaway Jr. could be six-man a year on a championship team. So, he's a really good asset that the Mavericks are getting along with Chris Stops. Um, He'll play really well along with Luka. And then, yeah, I know the Mavs are, are giving up Dennis Smith Jr., but the guy already, like, had this whole fiasco as a second-year point guard that he was maybe holding out for games, maybe not. And it just seems to me that at, if, if I was a New York fan, I'd be going, what the hell? We now have two point guards. Neither of them are really good at offense. Neither of them are really even decent at offense. Both are okay on – both are really good on defense. I'll, I'll give them that. But the the Knicks could have drafted Dennis Smith Jr. if they wanted to. They had every opportunity to. They instead draft, drafted 
Frank Nelikinka, um out of France when oh, yeah. they, How I mean it's, I mean it's gonna be weird you know um, they also could have drafted Malik Monk they could have you know who I I don't think's panned out incredibly well but you look back on that draft and we're we're not even three years out and it's already the Knicks have made a mistake you know and I I don't know how many people are. How many people in New York do you think are like, you know what? I'm a Knicks fan for life. There's not a, I can't change. I uh, maybe because now, okay, the Brooklyn Nets seem like the hip team to be a fan of. They yeah. they haven't had yeah. more success lately because both teams have been bad. And of course, you know, Knicks for all credit it's worth had Car had a Carmelo when he was good, you know, or, or better than he is now, of course. But I. If you're a New York fan, I think Brooklyn's kind of winning that battle between, you know, who's the better team and who's the team to be a fan of. Am I wrong? Uh, no, absolutely not. The Brooklyn Nets are just on fire. They just seem to embody what uh, grit and hustle and determination looks like. Uh, you the exact couple- opposite of New York. Yeah, <laughs> the exact opposite. I mean, you got a player like uh, Spencer Dinwiddie who, uh, from the opening – tip of the season says can't nobody guard me bro and uh whenever he's asked uh about his shooting or his performance and man i tell you there'd be a lot of guys that can really not guard that guy i remember uh, his, uh i think it was last season or the season before that and uh i'd never heard of him before and uh it's in the fourth quarter against oklahoma city thunder and this guy was just attacking at will, uh, getting anything he wanted. I'm like, who is this guy? And I hear the name Spencer Dimwood. I'm like, man, that's a funky name out there. How are we getting buckets by this guy? And he just consistently performs, and he has one of the dopest shoe collections in the NBA, if I might add. And uh, just seeing how he plays is fantastic. And D'Angelo Russell is, and he's he's playing like an all star. If you ask me, Chris Middleton should not have been an all star. Should have been D'Angelo Russell. But he might get in uh, with Oladipo being injured. Uh, that may uh, change. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But, yeah, the, the Brooklyn Nets, they just play hard. Uh, they play fast. And uh, Jared Allen just sends anything back at the rim. They have, a, they have a really great team that's headed for at least the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, I yeah, I think it's – I mean, it's got to be easier to be a Nets fan right now. Of course, Jay-Z being, you know, partial owner or whatever and sitting courtside for some game doesn't hurt. I I just – I don't know what the Knicks are doing. Like, just like to say really what Jake said earlier, I don't know what the – I don't know what their plan is. If if their plan is, you know what, we play in New York, <laughs> we've got this name across our chest, we play in this biggest market, we're going to be able to attract KD, Kyrie, AD, you know, whoever – Go for it. But today mm-hmm. they pretty much took themselves out of the Anthony Davis running as far as cap, uh, you know, availability in trades. And they right. traded away their best asset on the team by far, in my opinion. I don't think anyone's going to argue on that to basically to get extra cap space from what it seems. I mean, they, you know, they, they picked up three guys, but, you know, I mean, it's just. I didn't even mention DeAndre Jordan earlier because it's not he's not like a he's not a plus factor to me. I, he doesn't fit today's NBA. He he can match up against Steven Adams for the Thunder here and there, but he's just getting older and older every second. And then mm-hmm. you know, he wanted he wanted to play for the Mavs. How how funny is it that DeAndre Jordan won't even spend one whole season <laughs> yeah. in a Mavericks uniform after he was held hostage 
as a Clippers, went back to the Clippers, and then you know the Mavs got him, and the Mavs go, crap, we got him way too late. Let's we're done with him now. I mean, Jake, what, what yeah. do you what would you think if you were a Knicks fan, Jake? Um the same shit that I would have been thinking for the past twenty years. Yeah, you you're pretty on right Just there. like I mean, because I was talking to my buddy today who's a Knicks fan and he just told like he told me like I don't know what we're doing and he said really like the last year that was worth anything was like 94 95 when they had Patrick Ewing and John Starks and I, then like they got yeah. the first seed with Melo but then they got bounced in the first round they did also go to the finals in 99 uh, against San Antonio they got smacked but yeah they were there they were there but, yeah they, they they got there uh it's, that's all that matters is getting there winning does not matter apparently if you're a new york basketball fan or a new york giants fan you just pay a lot of people and you know, just hope for the best yeah well, the, the it, giants have won super bowls since 2000 look look we don't need to talk about that though that's uh that was a sad time for me too though worst days of my life actually so thanks a lot calvin are you are you a patriots fan or something Look, we're not going to get into it. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm, a, yeah, I'm a Patriots fan, all right? I was six years old. The Colts were playing the pa- Patriots, and uh, the Patriots had the ball, so that's what I picked. It's just honestly the luck of the draw. I and feel like you're not alone. Eli Manning, Eli Manning closes his eyes, throws it up to David Tyree's helmet, and uh, look – Thanks a lot, man. Now you're, now, you're not. Now I'm you're not alone, Connor. But I'm giving you exactly zero point zero zero percent chance of any sympathy votes here because your team's <laughs> been to the Super Bowl nine <laughs> times since twenty since two thousand or ninety nine. Anyways, back back to basketball here for a second. Um, how dare you? Uh, yeah, that's just how it is. I'm sorry. I'm a Cowboys fan, and you know, oh. good riddance, Connor. Um. Anyways, so. <laughs> So, like, my my thoughts, at least, on the whole, I mean, how will Kristaps fit with Luka, Jake? I mean, what are your what are your thoughts there? You think they'll, they'll work out real well? I think so. I mean, I think it's kind of unfair that the Mavs get to monopolize Eastern Europe. Um, <laughs> but, like, I, I don't see them not working out, I guess. Like, because Porzingis can play, like, point forward occasionally but you know Doncic is going to have the ball in his hand most of the time but you can run like high pick and roll with Porzingis and Doncic they can both shoot and so like I think that's going to work well and the whole Dennis Smith experiment didn't work out because he's a point guard but he's like a run and gun point guard so he didn't fit with the Mavs system in the first place like the Mavs aren't exactly one of those teams that's like gonna run you off the court type thing so i don't know like dennis smith to me is just point guard andrew wiggins oh like that's that's my comparison that's what he's been playing like that fits too well it is minus the 25 million dollar contract which i guess is a little bit better that fits too well for two reasons one dennis smith jr is uh not able to shoot incredibly well but two, Dennis Smith Jr. also plays lights out against the Thunder for whatever reason, just like Andrew Wiggins, and murders us. Both of them, both of them take apart the Thunder. I don't get it. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, 
Smith Jr. is an incredible talent. Been in and out of the lineup uh, this year. Had a good rookie season last year, but honestly, he, he struggles to get in a rhythm shooting, it looks like. And, you know, it's not his fault. The Mavs, they had the chance at a once-in-a-generational talent. And unlike the Knicks, they took it. Uh, it's just, you know, just kind of how it worked out. And now they give them another once-in-a-generational talent to play together who played against each other in Europe who are going to mesh well probably in it. Okay, let's just get that out of the way. They, they've they probably been playing together for years, it looks like. And, and it's the Mavs are going to be a very, very scary team. Uh, best of luck to Dennis Smith in New York. Uh, he's going to throw in a lot of highlight dunks in Madison Square Garden. He's going to electrify the the arena for a little bit for a while. It looks like I really want to see what he and Alonzo Trier uh, look like if uh, he gets increased minutes with these trades of the. You know, Wesley Matthews could be a buyout candidate for the Thunder potentially if he doesn't want to be in New York. Which uh, why would you want to play for the Knicks, man? You're headed for the lottery. And you're not going to be playing in the playoffs. And, and he's a good player. He deserves to be on a good team. But, you know, he will be a good uh, possible buyout candidate. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely under consideration, especially for all Thunder fans to think about, too. I I just think Ennis Cantor will also get bought out. So do the Knicks really want yeah. to buy out both guys? Because so I think maybe Cantor gets traded. I mean, Cantor, as you said the other day, Connor. Um, Cantor hasn't seen the floor, you know, the court in a while. He kissed it last time. Yeah. I think he was on it last night or two nights ago. Cantor's got to be traded or, or something. I understand his contract isn't isn't great at all, especially for his production. But you got to think that there is a oh gosh, there's a there's a team out there. I can't think of it off the top of my head that would just re- could really utilize a guy who could come off the bench. And yeah, get burned every single time there's a pick and roll involved. But at the same point, he could play like a true center. But if he try, plays a true center position, how many teams are really running a pick and roll? You know, with their center as well. So yeah, you know, there, there's there's got to be a good solution for him. He gets rebounds. He's a he's seven feet tall. That doesn't come around every day. So I think he'll get bought out. Wesley Matthews could get bought out as well. You know, if I'm a Thunder fan, I'm excited about the Wesley Matthews buyout, possibly. But then again, the Thunder won six games in a row. I don't want to mess with the juju right now. So, right, yeah, I, I would. I love Cantor to death. He's a great personality, and he's a ride or die kind of a player. He average, he'll drop twenty and ten routinely uh, when he gets, I would say, quality minutes, about maybe 25, 30 minutes a game. Uh, the team that could use a good role player on the bench would be Denver. Uh, they're kind of they're pretty thin of with what they got. Um, uh, I I don't I don't know how you turn down a 2010 guy. Maybe they offer a, a pick for him, or uh, I'm not sure which guard they may give up uh, for him. Maybe a Monte Morris type, or uh, just if they if an injury comes along in the next uh, couple of days uh, that they may try to trade for because they need they need help on their bench. Uh, that's for sure. The starters can't play 48 minutes in the playoffs and. Uh, we saw that evident with the Thunder last with a lot of teams last year, particularly the Thunder or or even the Blazers, who got waxed by New Orleans last year in the playoffs. They can use, always use a, a consistent role player on the bench. So you never know. Yeah. Um, 
you know, to me, it is a, I don't know. To, to me, this trade could spark the Anthony Davis trade to be made quicker, you know, for other teams to just go, oh, crap. You know what? Dallas is now in the conversation much faster than we thought they would be. Because I don't see Kristaps playing any part of this season at all. Uh, maybe, I mean, he was rumored to come back like mid-February after the All-Star break when he was with the Knicks. Now, who knows? I still really believe he'll just be shut down and come back next season. But... Mm-hmm. It, it now the timeline has moved up for Dallas. So if you are, you know, an Oklahoma City team, you know, maybe you go, hey, you know what? We'll look at one of these guys to buy out because we got to make the run ASAP now. We kind of got to beat Dallas to the punch. Um, if you're the mm-hmm. Nuggets, I mean, the Nuggets are so young. All those guys, Jokic is still very young. I think he's on his second mm-hmm. deal. So he's still very young. And I don't know how many other teams in the West are really able to be in this top four or five conversation year after year. It seems crazy that, you know, Golden State has just never won the conceded favorite um, for the future now that the Thunder look decent, um, you know, the Mavs look like they're building something, and then, you know, the Lakers with LeBron and who knows who else will pop out as well. But, but Jake, you were saying earlier, what do you think the Mavs game plan is as far as this trade? Um <clears throat> I still think that so Tim Hardaway's probably gonna start, I would assume, because JJ Bray is out, but I still think they need another guard. I, I think that because it's gonna be I mean, their presumed lineup is uh Tim Hardaway, Donchich. Porzingis, when everybody gets healthy, of course. Um, Harrison Barnes, and then I don't know who that fifth spot is. I don't know if they just need another shooting guard or just another guard in general. Um, but I think if you, even if you get somebody else and, you know, like bring Tim Hardaway off the bench, then I still think that could be a, like, that's a really good team. It, and, if, if there's one thing that we know from the Mavs is that they're going to play that like team style basketball that's really successful that, you know, a handful of teams around the league play like the Jazz play like that and the Spurs and the Grizzlies, Celtics at times, just a lot less iso ball. Um, so that, that would kind of be my thing, but as we were talking about earlier, the Mavs don't have their pick this year. So I would assume they're going to just attempt to sign a free agent. I mean, they're not going to get, you know, one of the top guys, but they could just get another guard. That That's all I think they need is just a shooter. I think just another shooter either to come off the bench or, or to start. And I think, I mean... They're just preparing for life after the Warriors and life after LeBron. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know if I necessarily agree with them trading picks away, but if you already have, you have two, like, assumed stars on your team already, and they're Mm -hmm. both under the age of 23. They're 23 and younger. So... That's more than you could ask for to have a building block around. And 
you know, they're not those flashy guys, but they're still going to win basketball games if they can stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to. I'd have to agree with that there. Uh, if KP can stay healthy and Doncic can uh, continue to produce, I think you only he'll only get better with uh, playing alongside of uh, KP and and Barnes uh, getting his touches. And who knows if Dirk's still around getting his touches, his like seven eight minutes a game. And Tim Hardaway just you know he likes to light it up from three. He'll have a lot of opportunities uh, uh, with this team going forward if he uh, decides to stick around for a couple of years. Yeah, um, I I guess from from everything, so all NBA teams, you know, are moving up their lineup, and you know the Mavs may be looking for a shot sooner rather than later. But then again, you know, who, who knows how much longer this Warriors thing can keep together? It, it seems like that KD could just resign and re up with them for another year this offseason, just kind of keep it rolling, um, or. KD could say, hey, you know what, I'm out. And then Clay maybe leaves as well if the road is that much tougher for the Warriors because, hey, I, I know the team without KD won, you know, 73 games. That was also when Iguodala was, you know, definitely younger than he is now. And Draymond is sitting actually a really surprising amount of threes. So, in all, in all said, like, you know, the Mavericks are making a play that the Warriors, you know, dynasty, I'm going to call it, because they've won three out of the last four championships, um, is, isn't is meant forever and isn't meant for the next five years. Because if if you're Chris, like Chris Dobbs has had injuries before. He's had a significant amount of injuries um, just periodically here and there where he's missed some games. He's played, I think, 190 games. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at it. Run 190 games in three seasons. Um, that he actually saw the court. Of course, he didn't hasn't seen the court this season so far, and he played like forty last year. So I don't know. Um, but like, so it, with that, I kind of transition to my favorite player, Bradley Beal, who people would, you know, they would mock the fact that like he wasn't playing games, you know, cause he got hurt a lot early in his career. And so sometimes like they just kind of got to get it out of their system. A lot of the time they're like super fluky injuries. Like a lot of Beals were and poor Zingas is, I mean, if you go back and watch that injury, like that was just unfortunate. Like he dunked on Giannis, I think. And then like landed on his foot and his knee just buckled. Mm, yeah. And like, that's not, I don't think that's necessarily, I don't think we can say that he's injury prone, like Chris Paul or something like that. Um, any chance that I can just shit on Chris Paul, I, I really enjoy. Um, but <laughs> I, I think like, I, I'm not going to say he's injury prone. I mean, the dude's 23 years old, but, but yeah, I agree with what you're saying. If, you know, if, if things are continuing how they are and he's missing this many games, then they could be in trouble. But if, you know, assume he takes the Bradley Beal route and they're fine. Mm -hmm. As long as Doncic can stay healthy. Or what if he's on the Gordon Hayward route and next season's a recovery season from, from his ACL? Uh, I mean, are Dallas people going to be patient uh, with him if uh, he's not as up to the standard that he was in New York? I mean, he was... Getting a lot of points in there, but they weren't getting wins. But part of that is because the team sucked. 
Yeah. No. I, so. I feel like as long as Steph Curry and LeBron James are in the league, you have no reason but to be patient. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You, you got to that, that team, those teams out West. Yeah. We, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. And if they, if LeBron gets Anthony Davis and somehow lures another superstar to come play with them, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough uphill battle. Mavs fans are just going to have to be patient, but this would be the best team the Mavs have had in what is it, seven, eight years since they won the cha- since at, after they won the championship, they kind of broke the team up. They're still a playoff team, but yeah, if Porzingis comes back healthy and playing like he was uh, his first two and a half years in the league, then uh, Mavs are going to be very scary. And well, there's going to be more interesting games with Dallas going forward. There's more interesting games now when Dallas is bad, and it's it's still frustrating. The biggest thing for me about Kristaps that I forgot until I looked up today, maybe others did forget as well, is that Kristaps is a 40% three-point shooter. I mean, he's like averaging like 39.5% from three. The guy's seven feet two. You know, he's going to open up lanes, the pick and rolls with Doncic. Rick Carlisle has really become a... You know, he's always been a really good coach, but he's, you know, now starting to, you know, coach a little bit better and learn how Luca's playing as well. So Luca in year two may not score as many as he is now. He may not have all the numbers he does, but I think he'll be an overall better player in year two. And Kristaps with the Mavs training staff, I mean, the Mavs training staff are keeping Dirk healthy. So for this long, they, they're well-respected. They're, they got to get... Kristaps back in shape and um, playing shape at least and you know keep it all rolling because now you have you know Jake Tim Hardaway is definitely going to start um, yeah in my book and if I'm the, if I'm the Mavs the only question is how much harder do we try the rest of the season do we let Luka Doncic play like James Harden for the rest of the season for two reasons one, do you, do you do this one? So Doncic just has more shots, has more playmaking, you know, go, runs out and maybe uses up all of his bad shots the rest of the season. Two, um, you know, do you kind of go, hey, you know what? If we just make it the Lucas show, it'll be fun. People will watch. People will buy jerseys. Everyone will talk about Chris Dobbs next year and maybe we'll get top five picks, even though it seems very slim. Very, very slim chance. Mm. But their top five pick is protected right is that what we looked up jake so they could yeah. draft a guy so they a, if they have top that five hawks, that hawks pick is top five protected but i don't know i just i still feel like their team's good enough to not tank yeah you I, know I, like I, oh yeah I, I feel like their, their team that they have is better than the five worst teams Unless, you know, unless they do end up being a lottery team, like if they're out of the playoffs, um, then I, they still have that slim chance of, you know, are they? The- but, okay, so my, my line here is on thinking about this is are they one of the top, are they a top 20 team in the league? I mean, right I now, think so. Okay. Right now, yeah, I'd say so. So I think are they that, better than the, are they better than the Wizards? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Better than Orlando. I think, but I think that's like the threshold, right? Like the Wizards are probably the threshold. The Wizards might be the twentieth best team in the league. When they when they want to be, seems like they're 
organization. When they feel like it, they can be a top 10 team, but usually they don't feel like it. As yeah. I'm wearing my wizard shirt right now. <laughs> yeah, just oh, you're one of two people that are wearing wizards uh, stuff on the regular, it seems like. But I mean, yeah. they lost to the, they lose to the Cavs and then they're like nine and two in back to backs. Yeah, it's they'll real beat funky. the Thunder and then they'll yeah, lose they be- to the Cavs. I don't know what world we're yeah, living in. I, they come out for the big games, but they, they play down to their competition, it seems like. I uh, like Oklahoma State, but okay, yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna be. Uh, uh, let's see. So yeah, the Wizards are really funky. Uh, I feel so bad for Scott Brooks. He's a hell of a coach. Uh, I don't think he, I don't feel bad for him. I think he's a terrible coach. All right, that's Jake. Fine. Jake, why do you think he's a bad coach? Maybe Connor can uh, argue with you there. He just doesn't do anything. Like he did, when I watch when I watch Scott Brooks, the dude just doesn't do anything. Like many, our off our offensive sets are garbage. Uh huh. So guys start making. Is it couldn't it help that the guys are bad shooters? Besides Bradley Beal, Sadoransky shooting forty percent. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: uh, How did you feel about Billy Donovan when he came to the Thunder? I knew the 16 and 17 season after Durant left. I grew up a Florida fan, so I knew Billy Donovan was a good coach. Okay. I watched Scott Brooks uh, develop a lot of players in one of the best forwards in the game and probably going to be a top 20 shot blocker when, uh, when he retires. Uh, when he just... It helped develop Billy Donovan and gotten him over the uh, He's a great, great motivator and a great uh, basketball mind. Uh, it says, yeah, they can be kind of spotty. Uh, he has some great play calls on uh, out-of-bounds plays to get guys the open shot. But guys, for some reason, they just, I don't know, uh, they get a big head, they get a big attitude. Like, John Wall is an absolute head case. Great talent, but he just does not take direction uh, very well. Uh, I think part of being a head coach in uh, the NBA is learning how to work with uh, uh, your personalities, and there's a lot of personalities on the Wizards. Uh, it's just, it's interesting. We have talk. we have one personality. One. It is John Wall. Nobody else is a personality. Bradley Beal was a part of those those struggles in this early in the season. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> he said it. He went in an interview and spoke out against the team and Coach Brooks. Yeah, because Coach Brooks is a bad coach. <laughs> that doesn't mean you call him out in the middle of everything. That's no, terrible. that was that was John Wall that told Scott Brooks, "Fuck you" in practice. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Oh man, this is not good. Look, your two best players, they got to listen to what the coach says, otherwise they got to get out of there. But they can't get rid of John Wall because of how huge his contract is and the spikes that he takes over the next couple of years. I think he's a he he took him to the playoffs. He got into the semifinals. They just ran into LeBron and uh, Kyrie Celtics uh, last couple. Well, the Kyrie Celtics last, not last year. The year no, before, it was the Isaiah Thomas Celtics. Huh? It took the Celtics to Game Seven. Yeah, and then Isaiah Thomas got to take twenty-five freaking free throws. Yeah, because he's back. short. So the coach wins. The team wins. 
players are great. The team loses, coach sucks. That's kind of the narrative that goes around with the league anyway. For the longest time, people were harping on Billy Donovan. He doesn't know how to rotate his players. He has terrible play calls. And then uh, this season comes in, the guys start making shots. They develop a lot better. Oh, Billy Donovan, what the heck? Of Star players injured, so it was a blame the coach. No, I'm not even blaming the coach for that. I mean, the dudes had three years, the same tenure that Billy Donovan has had. And we haven't gotten any better. The talent's a lot better on the Thunder. They're the best center in the West, next to uh, Clint Capella for what they do, and Nikola Jokic. They have two top 15 players in George and Westbrook. Who's the top player on uh, the Wizards outside their guards? That's Ernie Grunfeld's fault. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> you can't Ernie, blame Scott. Er, Ernie, Ernie's never getting doing. fired. Ernie's, Ernie's, Ernie's Ernie, never Ernie fired. has a lifetime contract. Yeah, yeah. Ernie's, yeah. Ernie's there forever. He is, so. he is the tenured professor that still makes you underline your thesis statements. Yeah, nobody, nobody cares about Washington Wizards basketball. Like I went to one game out there. It was a playoff game against the Hawks. It was game six. And nobody was getting up to like cheer or. That was a great game. game. It was a hell of a game that they should have won, but Paul Pierce let it off too late, so that sucked. But nobody got up in the game until like the fourth quarter, and it was close the entire game. It was. It was that's just that's just DC. Yeah, this sucks. It's a terrible basketball city. Terrible. I mean, they also elected our president, so if you want to get into that, we could. All uh, right. Well, moving back over to um, this Anthony Davis possibilities, guys. Going to quickly segue away from that one. Um, so, Anthony Davis, rumored to go to the Lakers, possibly. But that's just kind of like a, a Rich Paul connection, right? I mean, I don't I don't see Anthony Davis going, it has to be the Lakers, no one else. And he got fined for tampering, which was completely a, a goofball type of thing because it was 0.2% of his year um payout so i don't know if you're if you're um so let's so jake jake i'll i'll uh, i'll throw it to you for here for this so you're a wizards fan clearly and what what do you think the chances are one that you ha- would have the pieces to trade for anthony davis or two that you would uh even be able to get him and keep him if the wizards did yeah let's say okay and the reason why I say this is, is because the Wizards are going to have a, I mean, I don't know, I'm not up to snuff on the Wizards draft history, um, what they have coming this year or not, but the Wizards are going to have an okay draft pick, from my understanding, this year. Um, they have John Wall and Bradley Beal. More than likely, one of those two guys has to be traded, probably Beal for Anthony Davis. But then you throw in like Otto Porter and a pick or two, and it seems more conceivable than... I mean, I'd much rather have Bradley Beal, Otto Porter, and a couple picks than, like, Brandon Ingram and Kuzma. Well, Brandon Ingram sucks. Yeah, but, like, well, you know, if, if suck. I'm the, NBA, but, not. but the Pelicans, so they got offered, what was it? It was Lonzo, Zubac. All, all of them. Lonzo, Zubac, Ingram, and Kuzma in a first-round pick. Yep. Take it. Take it. I, I just don't understand why you wouldn't. So, like, I can have another superstar that gets blackballed in the NBA by LeBron James. 
Because I know that's what would happen. And, like, I like Anthony Davis. He's a great player. But mm. I'm just afraid if he goes to play with LeBron, everything is going to be his fault if they lose a basketball game. Oh, 100%. It's, oh, it's somebody else's fault if you play with LeBron James. Kyrie can't figure out how to play with LeBron. K-Love can't figure out how to play with LeBron. Man, sometimes guys just don't make shots. Or they don't make the right play, J.R. Smith. Look, Anthony Davis is, like you said, a once-in-a-generational talent. He can handle the ball. He can distribute. He can block shots. He's averaging career highs in points, rebounds, assists, and steals. But he's not going to lead you to a championship. He's got to be the second, maybe even third best player on the team to get you to a championship. And, uh, man, if, I'm, if I was New Orleans, I would have taken that deal in a heartbeat because that's basically a whole starting five. And they rejoined their old teammate, Julius Randle. So that'd be kind of funny. Uh, yeah, maybe just throw it in there. What did you say it was? Uh, Ingram, Ball, Dubach, Kuz, and a pick? Yep. Yeah, first round. Oh, man. New Orleans has no interest in getting better at all. Oh, gosh. That's so bad. Well, I if just I, think New Orleans, if I'm New Orleans, I wait till the end of the season. There's why. Okay, you know what the Lakers, you know, maximum, you know, ask is, right? You know what their maximum ask is right now? If the Lakers, you know, you know, are entered into a bidding war with the Celtics and whoever else, you know, maybe the, you know, probably not the Raptors. The Raptors have to do something right now, but maybe like the Bucks enter in something weird or the Nuggets do or just something, something crazy. I'm just throwing it out there, right? So, yeah. you know, over the summer, maybe, you know, one of these, you know, the Celtics and Lakers, who are the two teams that I hear about the most, um, that have the most amount of a- assets that we hear about the most, at least. Let's say they enter into, you know, something and then all of a sudden a third team and a fourth team and then all of a sudden the Lakers are offering up, you know, uh, another couple picks or whatever to sweeten the deal to really try to get him. Or, you know, the Lakers just drive up the price. So the Celtics have to offer Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and some other guys. You know, I just if I'm if I'm the Pelicans, there's no reason really to do this trade right now. Let Anthony Davis get in all the talk possible. Let him, you know, play in the all-star game in a Pelicans uniform and, you know, have him stay healthy so he doesn't play the rest of the season, what I'm saying. But then enter the summer, and then all of a sudden you know what the draft pick is from some of these teams, and then there's a future draft pick possibly coming. I mean, if you're the Pelicans, would you rather have, let's say, for example, um, and I'm just going to throw this out there. Let's say, would you rather have Zion and a couple picks along with some role player guys or Ingram Kuzma or, or that trade the Lakers just proposed, which would you rather have? Cause I feel like Zion could be a transcendent player. I don't feel like the other four guys that we've named already have the same chance as Zion. So like my thing is, is, another number one pick going to New Orleans, is that going to change the way they think? Because they've been consistently just trading away their picks, and then they wonder why they don't get better. Mm. Because it, like you can't just have people like, you're not going to get people to come play in the Smoothie King Arena. I'm sorry. like You're just not going to. But, but this this is something that I've said since the Warriors started doing their thing. Why are you trading picks? You're not going to win right now. Yeah, so, it's a 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So, like, why why are the Pelicans trading their picks? Why are the Wizards trading their picks? Why are the Pelicans trading their picks? I like because you want to build around your player. You have your player. You have the guy you need, and you have Drew Holiday. But you're not going to win games when you surround him like. These people are like, Etuan Moore is a good player. Julius Randle is a good player. Mirtich is a good player. But you can't expect to compete with the top six teams in the West with a team like that. Well, and, and so if you're not getting free agents, why are you trading away the only sure thing you have? Well, and I think part of that is, is that the best player we've ever seen play with Anthony Davis was DeMarcus Cousins. And for all due respect, Boogie got injured, didn't, just, you know, did whatever he did and left. But that was that was a possibility for, oh, my gosh, you know, how good are the Pelicans? The Pelicans could be really, really good in, you know, whatever, when they had Boogie. And Boogie and AD occupy the same area of the court sometimes. You know, they're they're not. And they were still dominant. Right. That's yeah, that's that's the bigger yeah. point here is that they're not necessarily they're not truly complementary pieces to each other. And even with that obstacle to overcome, they're both rebound. They both, you know, are bigger guys. Uh, they both really play like that hybrid power forward center position that we see now. And they both were extremely good when they played together. And that was, of course, Boogie's first chance to play with another guy, too. So they were fueled up, ready to go. But if if I'm, if I'm the Pelicans, maybe, you know, you definitely, you hoard picks. You are looking for, exactly in, in my opinion, if you're the Pelicans, okay, I don't care that Ingram's 21. The only way Ingram's good in this league, in my opinion, is if he plays like Ben Simmons, but can just shoot better than him. That's my only, that's my only thing on him. I don't think he's, I don't think he's a great player. I, I'm sorry for any Lakers fan listening to this, but literally Kuzma got drafted like 20 some odd spots behind him and is a better player than him right now in the NBA. Because one, maybe he's older, but two, really, because he's just a better overall player. Um, he can shoot. Yeah, and he can shoot. Lonzo Ball cannot really shoot that well. Has good passing vision whatsoever. But, you know, and I can go through. And Josh Hart, you know, I mean, he's here and there. I mean, I hear about him because I'm on the West Coast now. I don't know if I hear about him a bunch if I was in Oklahoma City still. Um, or in the Midwest or, you know, in Buffalo with you, Jake. So, my my whole thing on this, why not, if you're the Pelicans, look for a Celtics-Nets-esque trade, right? Call exactly. Up, call up whoever in the entire world, you know, will listen to you. And you know what? Call up the Pacers for all I care and say, hey, you know what? We know you don't have Oladipo right now, but we'll trade you Anthony Davis for some picks. And then all of a sudden you'll have one full healthy year of Oladipo and of um, Anthony Davis to really make a run at and keep him. Maybe you call up the Raptors, you do the same thing. Hey, you know, if you really want to sell Kawhi and, you know, keep him and everything, why not try to get AD and we'll take every pick you have coming in the next three years, um, you know, three to ten years or whatever. I mean, that that is the idea. Because the Pelicans, like you said, Jake, no one wants to come to Smoothie King. They've got an owner who's more devoted in the NFL than their actual team. They seem like the small market team when New Orleans really isn't that small. I mean, everyone knows the name New Orleans. It's not crazy to think that they're, you know, that the team could move, but it's also kind of crazy to think the team can move. So, the Pelicans, built for the future, you know, 
play out Drew Holiday's contract so you seem like a livable team that people want to go see, that when another team comes to town, you're selling tickets for them, basically. When the Thunder come in, I don't know why, but the Pelicans always play the Thunder tough, so that'll be a good, fun game for the whole city. But... You know, just just build for the future. Go, you know, go trade with the Knicks or you know whoever you know the Hawks or whoever it would be to get that top draft pick this year, but also to get some top draft picks in three to five years. You know, really look at the future of the team because the owners just the owner, you know, just became the wife of the family too, just last just this year. So. She's kind of, you know, got a new job and everything thrown on her as well. I'm not saying she can't do it just as good as the guy did because the guy didn't do crap with the team and could never get Anthony Davis a player. But many, many rants kind of over here. Um, what, do, what do you guys think about as far as, let's say, let's say AD does go to the Lakers. What do you think the rest of the NBA does about that? You know, is there something going on? Cause in the past, Chris Paul was blocked from a trade to go to the Lakers. And then of course went to the Clippers. Nothing. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't see Adam Silver doing that. He's very, uh, in tune with, uh, being progressive and letting, uh, players, uh, do mostly what they want. As long as it's not, tampering magic johnson anthony davis um but yeah i I think that's a lot different from when uh adam silver uh took over uh and what was it i believe it's 2014 uh yeah 2014 when he took over and it's just a different time now for how players are able to operate and uh, just kind of go where they want i mean (laughs) you have kd steph play and boogie on the same team i don't think they're going to deny uh ad to go play with the face of the NBA in uh, LeBron, who's kind of losing some of his stardom, or not his draw, but as far as who's face of the league, I think that's kind of dwindling a little bit. Which I mean, I'm here and always playing. Yeah, but like the NBA almost manufactured for that possibility to happen before they knew it could, because you know the cap spiked and Kevin Durant yeah. was able to sign. I- I'm talking more about here, you know. At some point, you want the NBA is not necess- the NBA is not looking out to keep guys from the Lakers. That's not their goal. They're trying to just make sure that every team has some guys on it. You know that there is a reason why you know Calvin Alexander in San Diego, California, decides to watch a Pelicans game. Besides the fact that they're playing his team, you know they they want the idea to go around that you know I could be a fan of the Pelicans and stay with the team and be a diehard fan not living there, but still have a reason to tune in and it be a player and it be some type of, you know, some type of dominance. Um, and of course they can't do anything when, you know, LeBron decides where he wants to sign. Um, you know, they can't do much when KD decides where, where he wants to sign. But the idea I'm laying out here is, do you think this changes something in the NBA going forward? I mean, the Pelicans were able to offer, I think it was $16 million overall more than any other team to re-sign AD. And AD said, screw it. I don't care about the 16 mil. I'm out. I want to be gone. Is there something the NBA does going forward to kind of change this so that, you know, it, if there's a team like New Orleans that doesn't run their team extremely well, they still have more beneficial factors than the Lakers, who for basically the same stretch of time didn't run their team well either, but the Lakers are the Lakers, so they get LeBron and Pelicans lose their guy. 
you know, when both teams are not making the playoffs and strides and, you know, that type of stuff. Well, so that that CBA rule that limits um, Anthony Davis from getting traded to the Celtics. Yeah. I, I almost think that's like, like right now it doesn't make any sense because we have the Warriors. It, like it yeah. seems stupid, right? And but the I Lakers think, and yeah, yeah. But I think if like LeBron's gone, the Warriors aren't a thing anymore, that rule makes sense. Okay. Because it, it limits from teams then being able to do the super team aspect, right? I mean, that's kind of what I get out of the rule. Yeah. Where you can't you can't have two players like up for the same supermax from the same draft or something like that isn't it it's something along those lines the proximity uh time wise like you can't like like for example you know there couldn't be an owner who came over who was uh you know makes so much money he doesn't care so he just trades and buys everyone i think that's kind of the idea is to limit the um the ability to like trade for Kyrie, you know, and then also trade for Anthony Davis, just like a, you know, a couple of years later. Yeah, but, and and it's like <clears throat> it's for, but it's from that same. Were they are they in the same draft class? Gosh, are they? I mean, I feel like they are. I mean, they're they've been really close friends and stuff. Uh, yeah, they might be, here. but like it's it's something with the same draft class and same contract. I don't know. I'm not good with law lingo. Um, but the, that CBA rule, I almost seem like, or I almost feel like that's what it's attempting to do, is to prevent this from happening again. Yeah, I... Let me look up here for a second, and I'll start talking about it um, here in a second. But... Um, I will one thing I did want to add was like, so with those Lakers players, right? You've got Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, um, Kuzma, who's good, and I think Zubox is really good, however you pronounce his name. And then that pick, whatever it could be, which I don't know how valuable a Lakers pick would be as long as they still have LeBron. Um, but we never, the like Lonzo and Brandon Ingram, I feel like we haven't gotten to see their full development because they the the team they've been on has been so bad and they have a head coach that's like 10 years older than them and like i think if lonzo played with drew holiday i think that'd be really good like i think he'd be able to learn from him more and i think brandon ingram just doesn't need to be on the lakers now especially since lebron's there yeah like every time LeBron doesn't play, Brandon Ingram puts up like twenty five points. Yeah, well, the whole team just has to score, so they figure it out. Like Kuzma had a forty point game um, the other night, and, you know, and then yeah, Ingram always scored like twenty plus when LeBron's not playing. It's just it's kind of weird. I did look yeah. it up real quick though. So um, NBA rules say that a team cannot acquire two players via trade. Who are signed to a designated player rookie extension, um, and that that's okay. what's going on. Designated player rookie extension. Kyrie was signed under it, and of course, traded. But um, but yeah, that makes sense. Slide so, it out there. So I would assume that that's almost what it's trying to prevent, right? Yeah, yeah, it's trying to prevent 
the, you know, the best player from, you know, whatever draft class, you know, and the other best player from that draft class going to the same teams. Um, or the best players from a couple of draft classes all going to the same teams because it's the rookie extension. Yeah. It's a good thing they had that for Anthony Bennett when he was drafted. Yeah, really useful for him. I believe now he's on the uh, G League Agua Caliente Clippers um, out here. He's been playing well from what yeah, I've seen. He's yeah, actually he's, been doing pretty well. Yeah, he's not. He's, yeah, I mean, he, yeah he's, he's not bad at all. I just. Uh... See, is that the standard we're going with our number one picks? He's not bad, but he's just not very good. He's just, he's just not bad. That's he's better than me. He's, yeah, okay. he's, pretty- he's he's better than I am. Um, I think I think at some point, um, maybe like a couple years from now, whenever the whole LeBron left Cleveland, you know, thing goes away, and it becoming how good is this Cleveland team, or are they really bad? They'll start remembering. Oh wait a second, we did have Kyrie, and then we drafted Tristan Thompson number four. Ugh. And then we drafted Anthony Bennett, number one. Gosh. Uh, and just how lucky slash fortunate the Cavs got to get those picks, but then couldn't do anything with them. You know, they had three chances, and they just, you know, they aced it on the very first chance they got with LeBron, but that's been pretty much it since then. To yeah. be fair, draft was awful. Who? That 2013 draft, awful. I mean, yeah, it wasn't wasn't great, but I mean, still at the same point, they were better guys. Yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. Where where would you guys like to see Anthony Davis go? Like as a basketball fan, you know, of course, you know, Connor and I, I know, are huge Thunder fans. We like him on the Thunder. That doesn't seem likely. Jake, you like him on the Wizards, but from a pure basketball perspective, like who would you like to see him play with? Not the Lakers. And not the Warriors. Other than than that, he can play for the Warriors. I don't care. Why don't you? Because because we're still going to get the same result that we would got before he's get before he's there. Okay. Like I don't like I think all they're just a better team than they are right now. But they're still going to win the championship either way. I just like I I get tired of LeBron like blackballing the league. And just being like this Al Capone, like drug lord that sits underneath the NBA, drinking wine, drinking wine. Like obviously he's not a drug lord for people that don't that can't take a joke. <laughs> Somebody's gonna um, listen to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be like LeBron's not a drug lord. Um, no, but like he's just like a ringleader underneath the NBA, where mm-hmm. it was Michael Wilbon, and he was like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure LeBron should probably get fined for this too. Yeah, because he was because dinners in with him. Because I know he's the one that said, "Oh, you should request a trade." And then he's like, "And you're going to sign with Rich Paul, mm. and then I'm going to pay off that fifty thousand dollars that they're going to fine you for tampering charges and requesting a trade with my undeclared. No one ever will know how much this Nike deal was. Yeah, LeBron just throws fifty grand at it." Yeah. So I tell you what, I'd love to see, and this is not me doing like a media thing. I'd love to see uh, Davis playing with Kemba Walker in some sort of better market than what they've been in. 
or that's maybe New York or uh, wherever they would choose choose to link up. I it, I think it's very doubtful. I think he's very much headed gung ho to go to the Lakers when he's a free agent, or if he somehow gets traded there. But the Pelicans aren't. <laughs> see him uh, dishing the ball on lobs or post-ups to, to AD and just see how they work together. But I'm not sure that I don't think that would happen, but it'd be fun to watch. So I was actually um, talking to one of my buddies about this. If the Sixers come to you with some package with Ben Simmons, is Ooh. that is that like more appealing? Because I, I think we figured it out that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid don't like each other. I don't think anybody likes Ben Simmons. Like the dude's right-handed and plays with his left hand. He's just done. lives. <laughs> Both of us were mad on that one. He's just not. Um, gosh, he just doesn't seem like he really, really loved basketball. Is that is that possible to say? Like basketball for him yeah. is a job, and he the, just seems the like reason, a dick. Well, the reason why I say this is because like he doesn't. I mean, what did he do during the summer to improve his game? Like, what thing did you see over the summer and you go, you know what? Now he's added that to his game. That's going to make him better because it seems like every he, other NBA he worked player, on his behind the back passing. Oh my god, what a life changing skill! I mean, I just. I don't like Ben Simmons. I think that Brandon Ingram is a better version of him right now, as I said before. But, like, I, I, I wouldn't – if I'm the Sixers, I don't trade for him, to be honest. I don't do it. So, this is my thinking. We've already seen that Anthony Davis can play with another big. Yeah. Man, with that kind of big. And it worked. Better than we all thought it would. Yeah. That's true. And it's not like Anthony Davis is this captivating personality like Boogie or like Embiid. Yeah. No, I can't say it would work because I feel like Anthony Davis and Joel Embiid play more alike than Boogie and Anthony Davis. But Joel Embiid is still that bully ball guy, right? Like... Anthony Davis is a freak Dirk. That's what he is to me. Like, Dirk with freakish athleticism and defense. Yeah. Like, if you amplified everything Dirk has and put his athleticism on steroids, I think that's what you get with Anthony Davis. Except a championship. Except a championship. Which, if people want to, if people want to get mad about that comparison, then, like, just shut the hell up. I don't <laughs> um, I, don't care. I, don't, I don't care what you think you uh, really didn't care. defend your answer you just told him to shut up i mean no i don't care i don't care what they think they don't I, have to it doesn't I matter know. i know um <laughs> except you guys there you but, go yeah yeah um uh, i think that'd be him and philly would be pretty interesting uh oh man jimmy butler Joel Embiid, and anthony davis with uh let's see jj reddick and uh wilson chandler that's a pretty good lineup. Okay. Okay. They're they're not keeping 
they're not keeping JJ. They have to trade the cap. And they do. I mean, I'm, I mean, the Sixers, the Sixers are young guys, so they have to use what cap leverage they have to trade for. Like they just don't have that many guys who are hard tenured necessarily. Like what what big contracts do the Sixers have? They got Butler, who they'd be wanting to Butler. keep more than anything. Um, and then I think JJ, JJ. but yeah. JJ's on a one-year deal, right? So you just, if, he wants, if he doesn't piss everybody off, what? I so like I yeah. I just think it would be funny if the Sixers were like now let let's hypothetically say that if if the Sixers were to get Anthony Davis that he would resign. Okay, let's okay. just say that. Okay, if you're the sick if you're the Sixers. And or if you're the Pelicans and they say Ben Simmons, um, who else could we throw in there? I don't think Jimmy can get traded because no, he, he already got traded this yeah. year. JJ, um, probably JJ. TJ like no, that dude's worth. Well, he's not worthless. He's actually kind of good, um, but not <laughs> like. But like, he's not. I don't think he, he's like one of those like. Pivotal trade assets. Yeah, yeah. It's right, gonna fair, like fair set enough. it over the edge. <laughs> no, um, guys, here we got TJ McConnell. Yeah, hey, man. but like it would it would have to be like Ben Simmons and which like I would love seeing Ben Simmons crash and burn um, and go to a place like New Orleans where I don't have to hear about him ever again. Um, but like uh, basically, what I'm saying is a trade based around Ben Simmons and the Sixers probably giving up. Two first round picks, two future picks. Would, if you're the Pelicans or the Sixers, would you want to do that? Would you give up Ben Simmons and two picks and whomever else you want to throw in there? Would either side be interested in that? I feel like the Pelicans would say no because they already hate Ben Simmons as well. He played at LSU and didn't give a crap when he was there. So it would be a bad PR move for the whole state. Uh, yeah. I don't- I don't think that's enough for them to give up Anthony Davis. He's worth uh, a couple players, and that's just picks. Those are people that haven't played yet. They need, they want, some, if they want to Anthony Davis, they're gonna have to do no pump faking and show them uh, they're for real that they want him and they're willing to give up their assets for him. But yeah, a lot of assets that'd be attractive to New Orleans. Well, exactly. I think I think that's the hard thing with this trade is like there's only. What maybe two two teams? I mean three, if you count the Warriors. Yeah. What about um, huh? What about Toronto? I mean, what can Toronto give you that? Because like I see stuff about the Raptors want Bradley Beal. Yeah. But I I just don't know what is going to like. I mean, obviously the trade market for Bradley Beal is significantly less, but I've still been seeing like Siakam, a first round pick, um, like Danny Green and Fred Van Fleet. And maybe somebody, maybe I think like OG and was included in one of those. And so like, I don't know, like that's not enough for Anthony Davis. No. No, and I don't, and, and I don't feel like that's enough for Bradley Beal. So if I don't feel like that's enough for Bradley Beal, then it's definitely not enough for Anthony Davis. Yeah. So to me, there's only two teams that have 
the assets in order to trade for him, and that's Boston and Denver. I think Denver is, like, loaded. See, cause because Denver could trade a lot of those guards and still be fine. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And the problem with the Pelicans is they've never had guards. Yeah. It's a guard driven it's a guard driven league and they don't have each one more is there too. Yeah, you always see good guards on you always see good big guys on bad teams. That's exactly. Yeah. And so like if they offered you I mean, they would never do this, but if they did like Jamal Murray, Gary Harris oh. and and like a big man or something and like two picks, you probably do it. Easily, I think. Uh, I think that's a slam I, dunk. I don't know. I don't know if they just throw in Anthony. New Orleans only gives up Anthony Davis, and Denver gives up Harris. They gives up their starting backcourt and somebody else. That that's a bad. I think that could be a bad deal because they're already thin as far as the bench goes. Who knows if Michael Porter Jr. is going to be able to play this season? Uh, maybe after the All Star break, but I don't know. They're not. Super deep. They got Paul Millsap, who's playing really well. They got Monte Morris, who always killed the Oklahoma State Cowboys in, at Iowa State, and now just seems to be killing it every other game. He's playing really well, but I don't know. They got a really good thing gelling. They just got to get deeper on their bench roll. Uh, I don't know if they necessarily blow up other starters with how well they're developing. Yeah, no, I agree. I was just saying, like, that's the that's a team with assets. But that's yeah. that's what the Pelicans okay. are looking for, I think, is the idea here. Like the Pelicans established assets. Yes. Yeah. The Pelicans which the Lakers yeah. don't the Lakers don't have. Yeah. I just outside of outside of Coos, the Lakers don't have like players that you call these guys the feature, you know. But They're are you gonna of, say can you say like a hundred percent that Kuzma's an established player? Yeah. I don't know really? if I can say that. It's a sec it's his second year in the league. He's playing great. He he is a do-it-all player that can boom on you from 10 feet outside the rim. He can do it all on offense. Uh, he's just Michael to- Carter-Williams won Rookie of the Year. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, like, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes this happens. He's I, just playing. I think he plays really consistent when given the opportunities. I agree. And that's kind of the the deal with the NBA. That's kind of what got Dennis Smith Jr. out of Dallas. He was, he was inconsistent. Uh, you can't, it's not a patient league as patient league as we'd like. He's a year and a half and he's been in and out of the lineup this year. He played really well last year, but had a, it's had a bit of a drop off, but he's been on the, uh, incline. It looks like, but his free throw shooting was terrible. It's, it's really hard to watch, but I mean, point guard Andrew Wiggins, yeah, exactly. Inconsistency <laughs> is key. If if Andrew Wiggins played the Thunder every single game, he would be the best player in the world. But he <laughs> doesn't. So that kind of sucks. But Kuzma, he's he's really consistent. And uh, saw it firsthand when he played Oklahoma City. He could just not miss whatsoever, no matter who yeah. was guarding, attacking him. It, it was unbelievable to watch. And I was Kuzmania ran wild in Oklahoma City, and I couldn't believe it. But, but I guess, like, if Kyle Kuzma is the only established player you're getting. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's still not worth Anthony Davis. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, I, I don't, yeah. that's what, I'm, like, 
if I'm the Pelicans, I'm not trying. I don't know if I'm even necessarily trying to just get assets. Like, I feel like assets is just a term that's kind of like thrown around. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, Boston, I feel like I got a bad feeling they're going to blow up their young team with what core they got with the how it I, th- I think I don't think they're going to have a choice. But I don't know how. Because their guys aren't really buying into it uh, as far as Brown and Rozier and Tate. They're kind of big head as far as the finals. So just before the playoffs started, they kind of got to regroup. But I think they might blow it up for AD, and that could really hurt them, especially if Kyrie leaves. Yeah, and like I'm not. I'm not trading Jason Tatum. Just full stop. Look, you're not going to trade him. I mean, I, I'm. I'm, I mean, not I'm, tra- I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I'm just saying, if if the Pelicans are, you know, if the Pelicans have the chance to just get Jason Tatum straight up with a couple picks, I mean, I I think the Pelicans. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm so much higher on Jason well, Tatum saying, because he's played quality minutes in the playoffs for a Celtics team when they didn't have Kyrie or Hayward. Um, then I am on then I am on Ingram or Kuzma or Hart or, or whatever. Yeah. And but like I'm saying if I'm the Celtics. Yeah. I'm not trading him. You just think he's that good for the future? Because is he's he's shooting weird this year though. He is. It's because Kobe trained him, and right. you know mm-hmm. he's shooting a bunch of like mid range step backs and stuff. Um, but like the dude's like twenty twenty one. I don't even know if the dude can buy a beer. Well, Ingram can, but that's In- Ingram. Ingram can, yeah. But like, I I don't know if. Because so you trade Jason Tatum and you probably have to include Jalen Brown in there, and then probably another player, and then one or two of the gazillion picks that you have. And so then what are you left with? You're left with more picks, possibly Kyrie leaving, and Anthony Davis. Yeah. You know, does that make like that just doesn't necessarily add up to me. No, I mean me either for that for all that matter. I it just if I if I'm the Celtics, when do you decide to go all in? When do you decide let's cash let's let's cash it in? Because you still have now all of the picks you had have turned into actual assets that are decent. Not all of them have been incredibly good, but enough of them have been decent. They so haven't really you, missed on that that terribly right. on a pick yeah they haven't that that's the thing is that they like if the lakers had drafted tatum <laughs> of course if they had drafted Dan, i mean um oh gosh what's his name the point guard who can't shoot anymore for the sixers who doesn't markel fultz so if they had i mean gosh thank goodness need these two teams drafted uh markel fultz but i mean and think of the sixers had drafted tatum wow just but anyways um like we put Tatum, like I put Tatum up up there. I put him way up there. But it's when do you decide to just go ahead and say, "Hey, you know what? Um, let's go for Anthony Davis. We think we can keep him. He's friends, best friends with Kyrie. If we can keep Kyrie and AD, 
we'll trade for Tatum. I mean, if 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 Kyrie says, hey, go get this guy at all costs, no matter what, I'll re-up, re-sign, whatever he's got to do, where the Celtics believe him, do you go get him? Do you go get AD and go, you know what, we got five years to win a couple ch- couple championships now? Or do you just go, nah, screw it, let's keep Tatum and play, f- play for the win the Warriors are not that good? So, hypothetically, what would that trade be? So, if Kyrie ups and you can get Anthony Davis... If if Jason Tatum is not included in the trade, I'm hanging up the phone. If I'm the Pelicans, first yeah, of all, no, no, I'm okay. Um, yeah, Gordon Hayward would be getting traded for a yep. fact, and for a lot of cap reasons at this point. But yes, for a fact, yeah. And then I would assume like Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, one of those two guys. I actually don't think they trade Marcus Smart. Yeah, he's the best. That dude's been guy. he's been starting. He's the best guy to play with Kyrie too, just from the sheer fact that Kyrie can take yeah. a playoff on defense. It smarts there. Um, it, no, I mean, I mean, just if you want to say like, what's this trade? If I am, how old is Terry Rozier? I feel like he's young, but I also feel like he could. Yeah, be. he's probably like 24, 25. Okay, so around the same age as Smart. Um, I mean, okay, we're splitting hairs if I'm trying to decide between Rozier and Smart at this point, though, if I'm the Pelicans, because either go of those with, guys... Go with Rozier, because he's yeah. disgruntled and he doesn't want to be there anymore. True. So let's let's say it's that. So the Pelicans now ha- all of a sudden have a quality backup point guard plus a point guard for the future um, after Drew Holiday leaves. Maybe they decide to go ahead and say, screw it, we'll trade Drew Holiday for whoever and be good. Um, I don't know. Um can you imagine a Drew Holiday trade for Marcus Saul? Anyways, um, <laughs> it just wouldn't happen because the you know, clearly the Grizzlies don't need two point guards. Um, but if Mike Conley leaves, anyways, um, I, I don't know if I'm the Pelicans. Like I'm all in on that on this, on a trade that is, um, you know, on the trade that we just hypothesized. From the Pelicans, I go yeah for sure, just because it's. Uh, I don't know. It's it's too good of a it's too good of a value. You get Tatum, who could be the guy. You get Hayward, who's should be the guy right now, but needs to get healthy, I guess, or get his mind right. Um, you got point guard for backup now and for the future, and then you got a couple picks. I mean that that's the trade I do if I'm if I'm the Pelicans. Gosh, can't talk anymore. Um, but yeah, unless they're trying to do a three, I mean that's always an option too. Is a three team trade. Yeah, you know, but I'm not. I'm not getting into that. No, that's just a lot. I mean, if, you, if we talk about like a three-team trade, it's it, to me it is. Um, I don't know. It, it, a three-team trade's got to look just kind of crazy at this point. It would probably. It would have to be like the Raptors, uh, the Lakers, and the Pelicans, or something like that. Uh, yeah, in which Drew Holiday would be getting moved. Yeah, if it was for three sure. team, for sure. I mean, if you're, gosh, Drew Holiday's value really goes up though in these conversations that everyone has. Yes, because and I'm not saying Drew Holiday's a bad point guard. I'm just saying he's not in. Did he get? Is he at the? Is he an All Star point guard? Did he go to the All Star game this year? No, and so. But the thing is, like Drew Holiday's one of those players, like Mike Conley, where you almost don't know what the market is for him. Like, they're so valuable to their teams, but you don't know what the market is for them. You don't know what people would be willing to trade. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just 
It's just it. Oh, uh, for everyone listening, though, we did lose Connor. His phone died, I guess. Um, so Connor, thanks for joining. We'll talk to you again soon here. Um, I don't. I don't know. Um, this is. This is one of those baffling things where how good is one guy versus you know how good would how good would that guy be on your team? Like I don't like Drew Holiday and Westbrook. I don't think they play together, and they both need the ball in their hands. You know, yada yada. They both take the ball think, out of the court. I, all but whatever. I think Drew Holiday could play with anybody. Really? I just like because he played with Rondo. Like he wasn't even bringing the ball up really. But like, but like Drew Holiday is so valuable right now to the Pelicans. My whole point is I think it just gets overblown. Like, I think if I'm the Pelicans, I blow everything up. I blow it all up. Oh, yeah. I yeah. say I trade Drew Holiday. I do not look for a short-term fix here by, I don't know if they could have gotten Chris Dobbs, but, yeah, I do not look for a short-term fix of let me go again in the next five years. I just blow the whole thing up. I also sell the team, but I blow the whole thing up just because I, I feel like the there needs to be new ownership in there, but. But I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't look at Drew Holiday like Draymond. Yeah. Does that make Wait, sense? what do you mean? No, no, it doesn't. Because Draymond, to me, I don't know if he'd be that good on another team. Okay, I feel you. Like, you couldn't put Draymond on the Pistons and expect him to do the same thing. You couldn't put Draymond on the Wizards and expect him to do the same thing. I don't think you put him on the Thunder. I mean, or maybe because they do have two other. I I don't think you put Draymond on the Hornets. I'm I'm with you. I don't think you can put him on a team that you, doesn't have established well, superstars. But if you put Drew Holiday on the Hornets, they're better. That's true. Even with Kemba, if you put Drew Holiday on the Thunder, he's Andre Roberson with the shot. I guess. I guess I need to watch more Pelicans film. I, I mean. Well, like, think about what they did in the playoff series last year. Him and Rondo just locked up Lillard and McCullough, and it wasn't even a problem. Yeah. Like, that's the problem. I mean, aside from Clay and Steph, that's the offensive backcourt in the NBA. And they swept them. Yeah. I okay. So I'll throw this out here. Here as we uh, we got wrapped this up at some point. Um, but one thirty. Yeah. I gotta work in the morning. <laughs> Same here, but fortunately on the West Coast time. Sometime. Um. So I'll wrap it up with this. Um, let's say so. So as a Mavs fan, how do you, do you feel? Great for the next five years, ten years, fifteen years. Whatever contract Porzingis signs. Okay. Fair if enough. If he does. He could not. I don't know. Kristaps just put out like an Instagram story that says like more truth will be revealed as to- you know with time or whatever. Let me see if I can yeah. find this. I mean, I feel like there's either there is something we'll know about or there's not. But um I mean, I but know. like if you're the Mavs and sorry to elongate this, but if you're the no. Mavs and you're anticipating the the Dirk Nowitzki route, right? Like if yeah. that's what you're anticipating, you're anticipating him to stay there forever, um, which I, I think is completely feasible. Then you're set for ten years. 
seemingly. Yeah. Okay. So ten years. If if everything in in the, the utopians are good for ten years. Yeah. I just because I don't think Porzingis' style of play is going to dwindle anytime soon. Yeah, he's not. Like, I don't think that's going to become a less valuable style of play as the NBA progresses. Yeah, and he's not one of those guys to me that just has to use his athleticism. That guy's just a he's a freak athletically, but he's so tall and he can shoot three pointers. That's the key thing for me. It's like he's okay. in between Dirk and Anthony Davis. <laughs> that's a great right way to put it. That's a great right way to put it. That could be another name for the podcast, even though I'm definitely going with LeBron's not a drug lord. Um, I just <laughs> greatest you're, line. You're welcome. Greatest line. Um, I just um, I say this a lot, but you know that like that like I just um, but if I if I'm the maps, I'm extremely excited for this. The future's you know, come the future's really bright. Um, if I'm the Pelicans, you know, just to kind of talk to you about the other topic. I'm really worried about the future. The future might be in Seattle. And because if this, if, if the Pelicans continue to do worse and worse every single, you know, for the next five years, if they only get worse, right. And they're on a decline and we don't see any pickup or movement because they don't handle this trade. Cause this will be the trade that this could be the reason why they leave, you know? Yes. Yes. Because they had a, perennial all-star a mainstay of the team who had unlimited potential lost him right at the height or let's say start of his peak you know for all it's worth because he he's hasn't been healthy completely for you know a lot of seasons so I'm going to say this is the height of it or the the start of the height of his peak and they don't if they they lose him because they couldn't put enough pieces around him and he wanted he requested a trade which doesn't look good for organization and then he not only requests a trade, but he also just says, you know, I'm out. And the Pelicans aren't able to get something back for him. And the entire time you had this guy, you couldn't do anything with him. Then that's ownership sells team. One year later, team moves. And it's, I don't know, the Smoothie King Arena. I don't know how old it is, but it could be because of that. It could be because of the arena issues. It could be because of the, you know, fans or whatever, not attending games. I mean, just. I feel like that. I feel like a move now is possible, whereas with Anthony Davis, it's not. Yeah. So. Well, and Seattle's building that new stadium for hockey. Yeah, so they'll have it. You know, it'll be. It'll be there. It'll be a thing. Um. Well, hey Jake, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Um, had to talk about the crazy trade today, of course, where Kristaps, you know. Can't believe it, but Kristaps actually got traded within a looks like a couple hours of voicing his concerns. <laughs> so props yeah. to him, man. I mean, there's got to be something we really don't know. Um, but thanks for talking to me about this and doing a podcast. Um, thanks for everyone listening. Go ahead and give me a rating review on iTunes. I always feel weird asking for a five star rating, but if it's not five stars, then. Um, feel free to send me a text and let me know what I'm doing wrong so I don't have to publicly get a notice from you. And um, Jake, thanks so much for listening. Go ahead and follow Jake on Twitter. 
Follow, feel free to follow, follow me on Twitter at the CGA Tour, and we'll talk to everyone soon. Thanks, guys.